Nancy Guglielmo in September joined BITS to oversee and manage fraud reduction efforts. Now, five months later, Guillermo offers updates about the steps she's taken since joining BITS and opportunities and programs she envisions for financial institutions in the year ahead. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. Nancy, before joining BITS, you held a number of fraud and security positions at HSBC North America. What can you tell us about your experience and how you expect that experience to benefit BITS? Thank you, Tracy. Well, a large part of my uh, fraud experience at HSBC was related to credit card fraud. Uh, I did spend the last several years in the fraud policy group focusing on deposit account, mortgage, commercial account products, the whole gamut. Um, I've developed strategies for fraud prevention and detection that leveraged my operational experience. And this tenure also provided me with insights in the compliance and risk management aspects of fraud risk. Prior to my fraud experience, I held some various IT positions, including global communications, systems operations, and contracting in both public and private sectors. These experiences give me a unique perspective in supporting our members, as I can relate to their operational fraud issues, as well as their IT limitations and how it all ties into cybersecurity. And of course, that's an area that BITS focuses on in on as well. Now, as I mentioned in the introduction, Nancy, you joined BITS in September. What can you tell us about your role and your goals for 2013? Well, for those of you that don't know, BITS is part of the Financial Services Roundtable, which, of course, is a trade organization that supports 100 largest financial institutions in the United States. BITS focuses on strategic issues where the industry cooperation serves the public good, such as critical infrastructure protection, fraud prevention, safety of financial services. I, in particular, manage the fraud reduction program for BITS, and this includes maintaining a trusted environment where the member financial specialists can collaborate, share information, develop best practices, and partner with law enforcement. My goals for 2013 are to focus deeper on some of the key ongoing issues, and as we talked about, such as income tax fraud and identity theft. And then, Nancy, how would you define the work that you do with financial institutions, and what would you say is your program's primary mission? So our overall mission is to assist the members in reducing fraud losses, and we do this by identifying fraud trends, examining risks associated with the current and evolving areas, including payments, mortgages, remote channel, and other various financial products and technology. Our direction and focus is always generated from the discussions that we have with our members, and they provide the guidance. Um, this is a very small organization, so we work together with our members, and we develop advisories, best practices, white papers, basically on topics and trends of interest to the members. We're currently working on an advisory for our members related to income tax fraud, as well as a training guide for third-party mortgage scams. And so then beyond those that you just mentioned, Nancy, what would you say are the top fraud and security threats you see facing institutions in 2013? Well, of course, unfortunately, we rarely see any particular type of fraud disappear entirely, but there's just more methods added to the pot each year. However, we are starting out 2013 focusing heavily on the income tax fraud. It's been quite an issue for the financial institutions. It's really amazing how much this type of fraud has grown in the last couple of years, and, and the IRS is struggling with this issue. 
issue. This, of course, is driven by the increase in identity theft, which I really consider the number one issue for fraud at this point in time is identity theft. We also need to be vigilant in the mobile space, both from a fraud and a security focus. Although fraud in this area is not a significant factor yet, with the increased use of mobile, it is a matter of time for this to become primary channel for criminal actors. And this is why for my program and overall for BITS, the mobile channel has really been a, a strong focus for us. Now, Nancy, how concerned would you say BITS members are about the recent uptick in DDoS attacks? And can you talk a little bit about how the program plays into assisting institutions where concerns linked to subsequent account takeover fraud and DDoS come into play? Of course, there's considerable concern about the DDoS attacks. This has always been a primary focus for our BITS security program. From a fraud perspective, there's always a continued concern that these attacks, including the hacktivist attacks, as well as any of the other types of attacks, that they're being used as a cover for fraudulent activities. You never have to let your guard down, and I think that all the financial institutions know that. So besides dealing with the impact of their service channels, you just have to stay vigilant as far as the fraud aspect is concerned. Basically, how we're helping out is through allowing members to share information amongst themselves. It just allows those that have been impacted to provide information to other institutions that may not have been impacted yet, and that's really all that we can do at this point in time. Now, Nancy, you and I have spoken in the past about tax fraud and synthetic identities and how they've been a focal point for BITS in recent months. What can you tell us about the work that you're doing there and the efforts that you've spearheaded to encourage more and better communication between the IRS and banking institutions? So our work in income tax fraud has been primarily to facilitate those conversations between our member fraud experts and the representatives from the IRS. We have had several long discussions with them, and it has been very fruitful. This has allowed our members to share their best practices in the area of ID theft prevention and detection and for the IRS to provide information on their efforts and processes. This has also been gathering information on the various red flags and, more importantly, the escalation procedures for the financial institutions. This allows the financial institutions to help the IRS in this fight. So when they see issues, they'll have better information on who to contact at the IRS, how to get that information to them quickly. Our work in synthetic IDs is very much in its infancy at this point in time. The expectations that we'll be gathering information to help define the different aspects of this issue, we'll continue discussions with our member banks, and then really come up with some determination on how we can collaborate to have some impact in this area. And synthetic IDs, can you give us a definition there? I don't know how familiar all of our audience is with that terminology. Sure. Synthetic IDs are those IDs that are made up of various bits of information that do not necessarily all belong to the same individual. So a bad actor might pick up a valid social security number and use it with a different name, date of birth, and address so that that information doesn't match up to anything that already exists in the credit world. And through some finagling and coordination, they can create that ID in the credit world and move forward getting credit, getting loans, opening accounts, using that information. It's very different from identity theft in that there isn't a single person that information is being used. So it's, it's more of a crime against the bank as opposed to a particular individual. 
And then, Nancy, how concerning would you say synthetic identities are when it comes to their links to all types of fraud, even beyond some of the tax fraud? Well, in reality, synthetics, they don't really play a part in the income tax fraud world. The IRS, they're matching up the name and the Social Security number with the Social Security Administration information. So it is not possible to submit an income tax refund or return with a synthetic ID. It has to be name and Social Security number have to match up there. So it's really not in that area. It's more for the financial institutions themselves. And we're just starting to really try to get a handle on how big of an issue it is. Very often, it looks more like a credit abuse issue than a fraud issue. So that definition is something that we have to work on. How long has the fraud program been around and how can banking institutions learn more about it if they're not already aware or involved? The FITS fraud reduction program has actually been in existence since the late 90s. The basic goal of bringing together the member fraud representatives to share information and gain insight from each other, that's remained consistently throughout this time. We're generally pretty open about sharing our work with the broad financial services community. The greatest level of participation in the program of course, comes with the membership in either the Financial Services Roundtable or in BITS directly. Information on the Roundtable can be found at fsround.org, and information on BITS is located at bits.org. There's considerable information out there that's available to non-members on both sites that would really provide the best information. And then what about promotion of the program? How do you plan to further promote the program in the coming years? Well, we continually reach out to the representatives in our member organizations. We also participate in frequently in, in many of the different industry-related conferences. Um, I just came back from the BAI Payments Conference in Phoenix yesterday. There we can talk to fraud experts, other financial institutions, let them know what we're working on. We increase our knowledge on what the issues are, and then we can make connections with the industry experts. Since we're constantly arranging speakers on hot topics for our membership, we make a lot of those contacts at those types of events. I actually did a panel on income tax fraud at BAI. Great. And then, Nancy, before we close, are there any final thoughts that you'd like to leave our audience with as they relate to the fraud program or other trends that you're seeing? Not so much on trends, but I, I just want to say that one of the guiding principles that has always been my thought with fraud is that it's not a competitive issue. This is one of the areas, along with security, of course, that banks can and they do work together and share information. It's that cooperation, not just in the financial institution, but in other critical industries that we can really help fight the cybersecurity and, of course, the resulting fraud issues. And uh, that's kind of my mantra is, is we're all in this together. Nancy, I want to thank you again for your time this morning. Thank you. Again, we've just heard from Nancy Guillermo. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.